All right, boys, we're back. This is a second uh, second uh, episode for this particular Saturday, but uh, there's the things on my mind I wanted to talk about. So I said, why don't I just sit down in front of the microphone and talk to you about it? Um, so we're going to get into uh, that in just a second. Before we do, I got to give you the spiel, right? So if you want to support this podcast financially, you can do that one of two ways. You can either um, sponsor an episode of this podcast, which means you send me money to help support the podcast, and then I or you talk about your ministry or talk about your business or your company or whatever it is. Uh, I talk about that on the podcast. So right now, you can hear me talking about um, the Christ for Disciples podcast all the time. You hear me talking about him and her worship all the time. Um, what you need to do if you want to hear me talk about you is decide how much money you're willing to give to the Gird Up podcast to help support it. And then let me know and I will let you know um, when and where and how. Uh, I'm going to advertise for you or we can work out a deal. I mean, I'm not going to just like dictate to you what, what I'm going to say and all that, um, but we'll work together to, to, to make that advertisement work for you. Um, remember that these uh, advertisements are heard by thousands of men all over the world, um, particularly all over the United States, but all over the world as well. So if that sounds good to you, make sure that you're getting a hold of me and let me know um, that you want to support us. If that isn't <laughs> your thing, you can find us on Patreon. You can donate there, um, either a one-time gift or a repeating gift um, and a the reason that we ask you guys for financial support, the reason we ask you guys for help is that right now this thing is funded by me. It comes out of my pocket, which I I don't care. Um, the Lord's work is the Lord's work. Um, but the reality is I only have so much money I can spend. There's only so many things that I can do uh, without your help. So this podcast is going to keep coming out no matter what. Um, I'm going to keep making sure that this podcast comes out and I'm going to keep talking to people and we're going to keep growing as men. I'm going to keep providing this resource to you as long as possible. But the reality is right now I'm living on a private or a uh, parochial school teacher salary, which those of you who, who are familiar with parochial school teachers is not that much money. Um, and uh, I'm paying for this thing by myself. And like I said, God's work is God's work. And I feel blessed um, to be in a position where God can, uh, can can call me to do something. I can fund it myself. But if we want to do more things, if we want this thing to grow. Some of you guys have been talking about getting together. I'm doing meetups and that kind of thing. All of that takes money, uh, even to just get the ball rolling on it. So if you're willing to donate, if you're willing to help support the podcast, you can do that. Um, if you love the content that you're hearing, make sure that you're sharing it with you know, word of mouth. Um, um, getting it out to the people that you know and that you love, uh, particularly the men in your life who need to grow as men of God. And then make sure you follow us on social media. I am the most active on Instagram. That's my that's my social media of choice. But we also have a Facebook page and we have a Gird Up community on Facebook where men are welcome to interact with each other. Um, we're going to keep working on getting that thing uh, more more uh, interpersonal here as we as we get to uh, growing as men of God. With that being said. We're going to get here into a uh, second installment of Saturday podcasting here, talking about two things that are on my heart and on my mind today. Here we go. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, fellas, 
I want to talk to you about two things today. Um, the first of which is kind of a continuation of the thoughts that I started in the Saturday morning coffee this morning. Um, and the second is based on what I just watched on TV a few minutes ago. But it was something on my heart and my mind that I wanted to share. So um, first off, I want to continue talking about um, man's purpose and, and the, the reason that we're here and, and the reason we have to live and, and why the world is the way the world is. There's a lot of people, particularly people who are um, like raised in the church but are never really fed good, solid spiritual doctrine. Um, and what I mean by that is it, people, people who are like on the edge of the church who are always looking in. Um, people who haven't been exposed to the actual doctrine of the Christian church, like the things that the Bible actually teaches that um, the Lord actually tells us as his people, um, people that haven't been exposed to a whole lot of that for whatever reason tend to look at you know things and situations in life and they tend to ask questions like, how can a good God let these bad things happen, right? Or why would a good and gracious and loving God um, allow people to sin? Or even further, why would an omnipotent and loving God give free will to people he knew were going to fall away? Why would he even give them the opportunity um, to sin in the first place? Why, like, why would he put that temptation there in front of them? Um, and uh, like, you can get into a discussion about whether or not, um, like, why God gave uh, Adam and Eve like a job to do in the first place. Um, but the, I, so people will say, um, why couldn't they just worship God by existing? Why did God give, why did God have to give them something to do? Because what he told them to do is don't, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. And that's how they show their, their love for God, their glory for God is to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And people will say things like, well, why can't they just, you know, show that they love God by by existing and and by like we said in the last podcast, um, being, uh, being companions to God and glorifying God and everything that they do. But the reality is, if He hadn't given them anything to do, that's nonsense. Because if He hadn't given them anything to do, then they wouldn't be able to not do it. Like if you don't give someone a task, they can't obey you. If if I don't ask my students to do anything then they have no way of expressing you know, love for me. If, if God hadn't given Adam and Eve something to do, they would have not had a way to show God that they love him. Right? If I show my parents I love them by obeying them, then I can't show them I love them if they don't give me a task to complete. Right? So we can't claim that... Um, we can't claim that God like did something wrong or didn't, you know, he, he was giving people the opportunity to praise him and glorify him and love him. And in the perfection of creation, the order was perfect and they were able to do that. As long as Adam and Eve did exactly what God said, everything was perfect. There was nobody ever stepped out of line. There was no sickness and crying and pain. There was no death. There was no nothing. All of that is a result of the corruption that entered the world when sin entered the world. And so that great and mighty corrupter, that prince of lies, that father of darkness, the devil, came in and he did exactly what he does. He corrupted the minds and souls of Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve fell into sin. But the reality is that creation was created perfect, and creation was you know in perfect order. And even though creation is no longer in perfect order, 
creation still remembers and we the created still remember the perfect order of things. We remember how things ought to be and how they should be. When, when we talk about um, nature pointing us back to God and when we talk about um, signs of God's love and grace and mercy in nature, that's what we're saying is we can see the order of things that was meant to be. I think we've all had opportunities to you know, get, see a, a natural view, right? Where you stand on a hilltop and you look out and you see the beauty of God's creation. When we're seeing the beauty of God's creation, when we're having those mountaintop experiences, we are seeing a glimpse, a small glimpse of the perfect order of God's creation, right? When we enjoy laughter and camaraderie with friends and relatives, uh, with the people that we love, that bliss, that heavenly joy that we experience in that companionship with each other is a small glimpse of the perfect order, that perfect heavenly bliss, that Eden that we've lost, right? That's the same thing with sex. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and increase in number, and he told them to become one flesh. And so when we appropriately approach sex, when we do sex God's way, when we do sex the the biblical way, the scriptural way, the right way, the only right way, we experience this euphoria, this incredible feeling both physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And it's a blessing from God. It's a small glimpse. It's a small, small little, little glance into that perfect order of creation as God created it in eternity. We have not forgotten the order of created things. Now, you and I are not perfect and we are not able to do what God asked us to do and called us to do and called Adam and Eve to do, um, which is to order the earth and subdue it, right? Um, and so we don't have the ability to go back to perfection once we've been marred. And so God sent Jesus to be our substitute and to die for us and to provide salvation. But he did not just fix all of our problems in that moment. He gave us eternal life. He gave us you know, the way of life and salvation. But he still gives us the response. He didn't clean up the mess for us. He gave us salvation. And now it is still our job. It's still our responsibility as men and women of God, particularly men of God, to rule over the earth, to subdue it, and to increase in number those who love the Heavenly Father and bring glory to Him, to increase that number. So it is our job. God leaves it to us, the corrupted, right? We live in a corrupted world and we ourselves are corrupted. He leaves it to us as men to reorder the world, to reorder things. And because of this struggle, and because we cannot ever actually successfully finish this struggle, right? Because there's always going to be sin. We cannot uncorrupt ourselves. Because of this, we're locked in this continual battle, this continual spiritual battle, this continual fight against wickedness and evil, this continual striving um, to bring order back to the world. We're ordering our chaos. That's what we're doing as men, is ordering chaos for all eternity. And one day the Lord will return and he will bring things back to the order. But he's the only one that can successfully do that. Um, it is our duty and our struggle as men to do what God commanded us to do. And we cannot earn our salvation and we cannot you know, earn our place in heaven by that struggle. But it's nonetheless what God has called us to do. And that's our purpose as human beings is to continually fight 
And there are times where we achieve that order or something close to that order. Um, and there are times where we fail to do so. I think my favorite examples of this, uh, if you don't understand what I'm saying, um, I think the, the best examples of this are, are the Inklings. Um, so C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, um, they both write about this in their writings. They have this, this continual journey, right, of, of um, good things are corrupted and made. So things are created good. They're corrupted and made evil. There is a struggle and a battle to make them good again. And then the evil is cast out. And over time, it becomes corrupted and evil again. And they both have, in both, uh, in both of their universes or worlds or whatever creations, whatever you want to call them, they both have an evil force that is returning again and again and corrupts. It's, it's, a, it's a picture of, of uh, the Christian struggle. It's a picture of the Christian world fighting back against the spiritual world, fighting back against the, the assaults of Satan and, and the world and our sinful flesh. Right? In the Lord of the Rings, um, you only see one of those battles, right? But, but things were created good, and in, in an effort to remain good, they create the rings, and then the rings are tarnished and made evil. This is a way oversimplification, but the rings are tarnished and corrupted and made evil, and then evil starts to take over the world, and then you know, that's, that's where the story begins. That's, that's the Bilbo's whole thing, right, is that fight to eradicate evil and they eradicate evil at least for the time being and then they all live happy lives and then over time evil comes back and so that's the story of the lord of the rings is them fighting evil and eventually they flush evil out and they destroy Sauron or sauron or whoever the head guy is and they destroy him and they flush him out but he never dies at the end he walks off and he's stripped of his power, but he has the capability and the ability to come back and do it again. And so there's this consistent struggle over and over. C.S. Lewis talks about it with the kids, um, as you know, each one of the books is a new struggle um, to overcome evil. Right. So the first book is creation, and all things at the end of that are good. The first book he creates this universe, and all things are good. In the second book, things have become evil and corrupted, and the children show up and they right the wrong. They, they, they order the chaos and they restore the, what is good and right. And then they leave. And then in the next book, again, there has been a great evil come upon the world and the order has been corrupted and uh, children show up and they restore order and things are returned. And so on and so, so, on and so forth until C.S. Lewis's last book, um, the, I think it's the last battle, right? Um, they, they finally um, overcome and they are brought into a new world where they go further up and further into God's grace and love and joy forever and ever. And they just keep going further up and further in. It's a picture of the Christian struggle. It's a picture of the Christian life. It's a picture of the Christian world. That, that, that's what they're showing us. And so our purpose as men is to continually fight that battle, to restore order, to restore order in our homes and our families and our churches and our communities, to be continually restoring that order, preparing our own children to restore order and doing that so on and so forth and bringing order to a world that has been disordered and become chaotic because of sin. I hope that makes sense. Um, I wanted to share that with you. It is kind of deep thoughts, but I wanted to share that with you because it was something that was on my heart and mind, and it was it's changing my world because that's the way I look at the world, um, and it's true. Like, that's the crazy thing, right? That's the incredible thing. The important thing is that this is something that's true. This is, this is beyond religion. This is bigger than religion. This is not created by men. This is the truth of Scripture. This is the truth of the universe, the only truth of the universe. This is 
the story of God. This is the story of us as men. Anyway, <laughs> the second thing I want to talk to you about is um, I, I was watching The Voice. And I, I don't know why The Voice. Actually, I think I do know why The Voice. Anyway, The Voice is the only like contest show that I watch. Um, and I don't keep up with it. I don't watch it live and I don't vote or any of that kind of stuff. But I do. I will watch it on Hulu um, when I get a few moments here and there. And this is a weekend that isn't chock full of things. I actually had an opportunity to schedule a coffee not a coffee date, but it was a coffee meetup with, with one of the guys today. Uh, it was Paul Young, who is working on our website. So shout out to Paul Young. Thank you. He's helping get the Gird Up website together. It's not quite finished yet, but you can go log on. Type in girdupministries.com, and you'll find the website there. It looks really good. Um, Paul is definitely a friend of the podcast. It was really good to sit down with him and chat with him and get to know him today, which is cool. But thank you, um, Paul, and thank you all the men of Iron Men of God who have been uh, helping support the podcast and doing some cool stuff. Um, I can't wait to continue our relationship with each other and make both your ministry and my ministry better through it. Um, I look forward to it. It's exciting. It's exciting. But um, anyway, I've got time on my hands, so I was watching The Voice. And it's getting to the point where they're eliminating people. Um, I'm, I'm actually caught up right now. Um, and they're eliminating people. And so they, they get to the point where they're eliminating artists. And it's really interesting to me who America votes into the next round and who doesn't get voted into the next round. It's not necessarily, at least in this instance, it's not necessarily the most musically gifted people. And it's not necessarily the most attractive people, and it's not necessarily the best performers. It's the people who are the most genuine that get voted through. And one of the coaches, Adam Levine, was sitting there saying, I'm so frustrated, I'm so upset that, that these people are not you know, going through. They're incredibly talented. This is wrong. They're more talented. They're the best singers in this competition, and they're not going through. And um, they, they, there were two girls in particular there were two girls in particular. There's one, um, she's a big, she's a big white girl. She's, she's, there's no, like, there's no getting over. She's overweight. Um, she's not like, she's never going to be a supermodel. She's not unattractive, but she's overweight. She's never gonna be a supermodel. She's not like your picturesque, like, um, rock chick. She's not like the, the picture of the pop singer. You know, she's no Ariana Grande. That's for sure. The girl can sing and she's very talented. Don't get me wrong. But there's, a, there's another young lady who is just drop-dead gorgeous. She could be on the cover of any magazine. Um, like she's, she's the most, it doesn't matter what room she's in, she's going to be the most beautiful girl in the room. She's that kind of girl, right? If you've been watching the show, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but she's caked in makeup, right? Her, her, her hair is sometimes natural, sometimes not, but all the time. She's got like a manufactured look. She's got, you know, the top of the line, fanciest clothes. She's got you know, she's, she's, she's showing out is what she's doing. Right. And she talks about being genuine and being herself, but really what she's doing is, you know, there, there's, there's definitely her personality there that's shining through, but really what she's doing is she's putting on a show. She's showing out and she's painting a picture of what she wants to be. She's painting a picture of what she, you know, has in mind. She's painting a picture of who she would like to be and and she's painting a picture of of the ideal. That's what she's doing. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I don't I that's that's what uh that's what the that's what the kind of what the contest is all about is is becoming what you want to be. All of these people want to be professional artists and singers. So there's nothing wrong with 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 doing that. Um but they get they get sometimes they get off the track of being 
actually who they are in favor of being who they want to be. And and I'm I am definitely a proponent of acting like the man you want to be. If you want to be a better man, act like a better man and you'll become a better man. I I fully fully uh fully adhere to that. I think that's absolutely true. Um if you want to be tougher, you need to start doing things that are hard. You need to be a tougher man and you'll become tougher. You know, like if you want to be um, if you want to be more comfortable talking to people, you have to go out and talk to people, right? If you want to be more uh, extroverted, yeah. If you want to be more outgoing, you have to go out and practice being outgoing. You'll be more outgoing, right? If you want to be a better artist, you have to be a better artist. If you want to be a better husband, you, if you want to be a better communicator, you need to pr- communicate. You need to act like the man you want to be. If you want to, you got to dress like the man you want to be. You need to, you know, to eat like the man you want to be. You, you need to do those things. That is good. But you cannot forsake your own self and your own identity in that process. The thing about the other young lady that made her go through the next round, the thing that made her genuine was that she's not putting on a show. She's not being anything other than what she actually is right now. She's a fantastic musician and she's an excellent singer and she has a ton of fun doing what she is doing what she's doing and being who she is. And there is no pretense to what it is at all. And it's almost a take it or leave it type of thing. It, like she puts it on the line. There it is. And you can even see in her, in the way she moves and the way she walks and the way she talks, there's very little nerves there because it doesn't, it's not a part of her identity. It's not a part of who she is. She's still the same girl she was before she was ever on the show. That's what it means to be genuine. You can't wrap up your identity in what other people think of you, you can't wrap up your identity in what other people say about you or their perception of you or, or any of that. That's not who you are. Who you are is who you are. And the way people react to you is, is something else. Like that, that's not what defines you. Okay. Um, I, I think the most potent quote about that, I don't think I said that very well, but, but you get what I'm saying. I think my favorite quote on that, on that topic is John Eldridge. And you've heard me say this before if you're a longtime listener. But John Eldridge says in Wild at Heart, um, let, the, let people feel the weight of who you are and let them deal with it. Um, when, you, when you become pretentious, right? When, you, when you're putting on an act, when you're um, pretending to be something that you aren't, or pretending to be, you know, something that you wish you were, it's disingenuine. It's not genuine. Um, and and you can say I'm being my own quirky self, but if it's not actually what you are, if it's something that's manufactured, people can see that and they recognize it and they know it. And so my encouragement is um, not to put on a show. Don't put on a show, and particularly when you're talking about masculinity and manhood. There's a lot of people who put on a show. Um, and, and I'm not immune to this. I try, but I try and be, I try and be as genuine as I possibly can be. Um, like I wear my boots all the time. I've got a pair of Red Wing boots that I love and I adore, and they're the most comfortable shoes I wear. And I wear them all the time. Um, but I'm very conscious of the fact <laughs> that um, I preach this message of manhood and masculinity. And I, I'm very conscious of that fact. So when I get dressed to go make like a public appearance, so like when I'm going out to talk to a group of people or I'm going to a conference or something like that and I'm appearing as Charlie Ungemach from the Gird Up podcast, I do like intentionally dress masculinely, if that makes sense. Um, but I don't like go shopping to buy clothes for that. And I don't like, you know, get 
fresh style or something like that or, or paint a picture of my like it's clothes that I actually wear on a daily basis and I like go out in and I, I, I live in. I don't change my wardrobe for those things. I want to be as genuine as possible. And that's that's a small example, um, but it is reality. Like It is true that people can tell when you're not being genuine. And so um, I don't, I just like in the weight room. Right. I'm not like an uber tough, like <clears throat> I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I, I, um, actually, I, people get weirded out sometimes because I'll quote poetry while I'm lifting. I, I love uh, reciting the if poem or Invictus, um, like some of those, the Be Strong poem by Babcock. Um, like there, there's some poems that I, that are my go to poems and I'll recite them when I'm working out, like when things are getting hard and people look at me like I'm nuts. Um, but it's a genuine thing. Like it's it's the inside outcry of my heart, right? Um, when I so when I get disingenuous is when you know, there's a bunch of other guys in the weight room and I start going like, what's wrong with you? Doing all that kind of stuff. Like today, I saw a couple of guys in the gym and they, they, frankly, they didn't work very hard. I know you two are listening and I'm calling you out on it. Like they didn't work very hard. Um, which I don't know what their workouts were like there in the past week. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what their goals are or anything. I, I have no business saying a word to them about their workout. Um, but they didn't work out very hard. They weren't in there for very long and they were packing up and leaving and, and they were lifting weights the whole time. And I looked at one of them and said, what, you're not going to lift and just smiled and, and stopped saying anything. And in another circumstance, it would be completely appropriate. Um, but I, it, it came from a place of me thinking, Eh, those guys don't. It was me thinking more of myself than I ought to have, and because of that, uh, it was a disingenuine comment, right? It wasn't me genuinely being Charlie and and you know enjoying my time in a weight room. It was me trying to be something that I'm not. Um, and so, like, I guess that's what I'm talking about here. I'm starting to ramble a little bit, but I, I, that's a that's a big thing for me, and I think it's a big thing in a movement like this. If we're gonna revive masculinity and manhood it has to be a genuine thing we can't let our manhood be an act there is definitely action involved in being a man you can't be a man without acting like a man but it can't be a creation it has to be genuinely you the first thing that has to happen is a radical change in your heart and in your mind and when you change at a soul level your actions will change and people will see that you are a man of God, a man who's living manfully, a man who's living out his calling as a man of God. So the most important thing is what's going on in your heart. The most important thing happens at a soul level, and then your actions, the way you do things, the way you live your life will change because of it. So step one is to build that relationship with your heavenly father. Continue to build on it. Read the Proverbs. Take it the, pro- the advice of the prophets. Read scripture every single day. Talk to your heavenly father. Pray for genuine masculinity in your own life and in your own heart. And then you won't have to worry about being genuine or not. It will be a natural outcry of who you are and what you want to be. I hope that's, uh, I hope that's actually wise. Um, I hope that you're enjoying the content that you have here. Um, and uh, God's blessings here as you go into another week. Um, may God bless your May God bless your day, and may God bless you as you pursue Christian manhood and manliness. Here we go. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. 
If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.